Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to know that the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is life. Praise God. And there is liberty because of that new life we have in Jesus. So I, I feel the liberty today to get in God's Word, get God's Word in me in the process. <laughs> Hallelujah. And get God's Word out to the people who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. We thank you for being part of our listening family, part of our physical church here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates, and part of our internet family worldwide. We've been on the air long enough and we've got just enough input to know that we have people listening all the way from Asia to the to Africa to to the Arctic circle. We we've had people come from the Arctic. We've had people come from Borneo. We've had people come from the UK. We've had people come from China and all the states here in America. We welcome you to this web ministry today. Uh, I know there's a lot of ministries available, and I thank God for every one of them. I'm glad that Christ is being preached today. Praise God. And I want to be part of that number, declaring what Jesus can and will do if we will look to God through Him. Hallelujah. And look to Him and believe God for help in the time of trouble. Now, we're in great trouble today here in America. Clearly, there is a breach in the hedge, and the hedge is clearly down today. Well, we are, we are people who are called to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. So we want to talk about that on a future broadcast. I pray it's occurring as we intercede for the world and for our nation. But right now, in order to have the kind and quality of faith to believe God for the humanly impossible. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I didn't say the improbable. I said the humanly impossible. I would love to see God shut down this virus before there's any kind of inoculation, any kind of cure coming out for it or treatment for it. I'd love to just see that God just shut it down. But it's going to take something for God to do that. It's going to take a man, a people who stand in the gap, appeal to God for His mercy. Because the only basis that we can pray for a nation that has become as rebellious and sinful as America. And I'm not over overstating that. You know that. Look at the culture today and look at how far this nation has drifted and is drifting from God. Amen. But we can appeal to His mercy and obtain grace to help in this time of need. And I pray that that is where we will go, is to that throne today. And it's really the only real approach to God. The only way we can truly come before Him and as the best of us. Our righteousness compared to His demands is as a filthy rag. But God has loved us so much that He's given His Son to, to give us His righteousness that we might stand in Christ's innocence. God's righteousness is Christ's innocence. 
Amen. I want you to think about that today. Amen. God didn't, God took our filthy robes and He exchanged them. He gave them to Christ and punished Christ as if those robes were tarnished by Him and not us. He that knew no sin became sin. He never sinned, but He was treated as a sinner on the cross that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Praise God. He, he, his righteous robe has been given you and given me. That's why the Apostle Paul said, In being found in Him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law. In other words, I don't have a righteousness that comes by keeping every part of the law perfectly. But I have the righteousness that comes doesn't mean that I ignore the law, willfully break the law. It means that I could never perfectly keep the law. But I can make this holy exchange. I can believe God. Hallelujah. Amen. And trust God and repent of my sins. Receive Christ as my Savior. And He takes my robe and wears it to the cross and is punished for my sin that I may wear His robe and be fully, completely accepted of God. Well, that's where we're going today. You've got to know where you stand and stand in your standing to intercede effectively. Hallelujah. And believe God. God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to 1 John, if you will, on the subject. Oh, yes, I am a child of the King. We used to sing that, and I used to sense that uh, being, being confirmed by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God as we sung it. Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows through my veins. And I who was wretched and lost now can say, Thank God, thank God, I'm a child of the King. Hallelujah. Before we're through with this ministry this morning, this sermon this morning, I believe that you're going to be able to sing it and say it with complete conviction of its truth in your life and when you do you can stand before almighty God knowing that he's going to listen to your prayer and become part of those who are standing in the gap that we might make up the hedge have a space to work for the Lord before before Jesus comes hallelujah and bring many souls into the kingdom of God first John 3 1 and Two. Oh yes, I am a child of the King. First John 3, 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Friend of mine, the world doesn't get you. The world doesn't get me. They'll never get us. They will never understand. Amen. Our value system, when it's juxtaposed over against the value systems of this world, they think we're cuckoo. They think we're nuts. They think we're uh, we're just from some other planet. Well, we're not from another planet. But we are part of another kingdom. Praise God. And I'm glad. Vive la difference. Amen. Thank God that I am in the world. And you're in the world as a Christian. We're here. We're the salt of this earth. We're the light 
of this world. Praise God. Amen. But we are not of the world. I'm going to read that first verse again. Behold, what manner of love, what kind of love is this? What kind of love is this? You know, there's an old 50s song that says, what, what kind of love is this? That makes me want to jump and shout. That turns my whole life inside out. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, the kind of love that, that God is talking about. This is a lyric about someone falling in love with some lady. Uh, we're talking about being loved by the Father to such a degree that it takes us back. It, it, it astonishes us. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Now, if you want to be called an old sinner, still locked into your sins, still the slave of Satan, and you know, some, and, and think that's being humble by saying, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you were a sinner. You have been saved by grace, but now you are a son are a daughter of Almighty God. Hallelujah. What manner of love is this? It's supposed to turn our whole life inside out. Hallelujah. That the Father hath bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now, I want to underscore that in verse 2 of 1 John 3. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. Paul put it this way, At our best revelation of all of that that is to come, we, we look through a glass darkly. The word darkly there meant like a smoked bottle. You can see images, but you can't see with perfect clarity. We can't declare all of that with perfect clarity. But we know one thing for sure. Now, we are the sons of God. Amen. I like uh, John Gill's exposition of the Bible on this verse. It says... See, take notice, consider, look by faith, and wonder with astonishment, and observe how great a favor, what an instance of matchless love, what a wonderful blessing of grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. In light of what the Scripture just said and, and the commentary on it, I don't believe many Christians fully understand or grasp what it means to be sons and daughters of God. What it means, as we said last week on Father's Day, to be able to approach the God of the universe and the God who created everything that, that exists today and call Him our Father. Hallowed be Thy name. To not only be able... Uh, but encouraged to address the God of the universe as our Heavenly Father. As a result of our Savior's suffering for us on the cross, we've been brought into the very family of God. The greatest accomplishment of grace is not just to get us to heaven, nor to escape hell. 
That that would be enough for me. How about you? That would be an. <laughs> I mean, there's what would a man give in exchange for his soul? But more and beyond that, that's a byproduct of something so much even greater. And that is to be in such a relationship with God that right now as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, as someone who's repented of their sins and trusted Christ as their Savior, that we are in God's very family. And He calls us His daughters and His sons. Every single blessing, dear friend, and benefit of the Gospel is the result of this restored relationship with Him. We used to be the children of the devil. I used to preach a message and I felt so strongly and I'm going to continue to to refer back to it. That was then. This is now. Hallelujah. So we're going to touch that. That was then. In John 8, 43 and 44. And it says, Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You ever wondered why some people you're witnessing to whose hearts have not been prepared, the Holy Spirit hasn't been able to begin to open their blinded eyes? Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. I like the Amplified of verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and it is your will to practice the lust and gratify the desires which are characteristic of your father. You know, we could ask the question, who's your daddy now? Who's your daddy now? Who is your father now? Either God is your father or the devil is your father. You either are beginning to act according to the characteristics of the heavenly father or the characteristics of the, of the, of the, the, the prince of darkness. Friend of mine, you can't, you can't be on the fence any longer. You can't straddle the fence. Who's your daddy now? Amen. I'm talking about now. If you've received Christ as your Savior, God is your Father. If you have not received Christ as your Savior, I didn't ask if you go to church. I didn't ask if you've been baptized in water. I didn't ask uh, what book you've signed, what, what, uh, uh, what, what, <laughs> what kind of rules and regulations you have ascribed to, to be part of some denomination. I'm asking, has there been a transaction a spiritual, supernatural transaction where we are translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Out of darkness into this marvelous light. Before we were saved, we were under the influence of spiritual forces that held every one of us in chains of bondage. Ephesians 2, 1-3 says, And you hath He quickened who were dead, in trespasses and sins, you hath he quickened, which means given life, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You see, God said to even his covenant people in the Old Testament, 
He said, my ear is is not heavy that it cannot hear, and my arm is not weak or shortened that it cannot save. But your sins have separated between you and your God. When that sin issue is settled at the cross, friend of mine, we can be reconciled to God and His ear is open to our cry and His mighty power is made available to us when we pray. That's why when we stand in our standing and we come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace to help, we can be assured that God is going to respond to us. We need Christians today that will stand in their standing. And part of that is recognizing what we're going to read right here. That was then and that this is now. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Remember, who's your father? Who's your father? Listen to it carefully. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, aren't you glad that was then? And aren't you glad this is now? What manner of love that God not only forgives our sin, translates us out of the powers of darkness, but brings us not only into the kingdom of His dear Son, but brings us into the King Himself, that we are baptized into into Jesus Christ. (laughs) So we're in Christ and Christ is in us. Fulfilling the prayer of Jesus, Father, let them be one, like I'm in you and you're in me. Praise God. And it's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. Amen. If the holiest and in Him dwelt what? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, listen, golden streets doesn't make heaven holy. There's no sin there, but the gold doesn't sanctify. Gates of pearl don't make heaven holy. Amen. Just, Just the fact that devils can't get up there don't make it holy. You know what makes it holy? God the Father's presence. What makes it holy is when that fire comes on the bush, even the ground is sanctified around it. Praise God. It's the presence of God the Father, the presence of Christ at His right hand. Hallelujah. That's what makes heaven holy. And the holy ones who make heaven holy have, have what has happened through the blood of Jesus has brought us into a sanctified relationship positionally to where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit can come to live. The holiest persons of the Trinity can come to live in our mortal physical bodies. Somewhere inside of you is a spirit. Somewhere inside of you is a holy of holies. Someone in, somewhere in this, inside of you and me is, is that that God can indwell. 
Praise God. Amen. Uh, that's why a dear friend of mine, Brother Hodges, who he had all these sayings. I have a book of gems, he called it. And, and one of the things he used to quote about victory for the believer is this. If you really have been born again, if you really have committed yourself to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, you can live in a duplex with the devil a half a block from hell and keep the victory. Hallelujah. I like that saying. It doesn't mean we're compromised. It means you can't get away from the fact that we live in faulty bodies. We live in a fallen world. But we have a faithful Father. Praise God. You see, we were the children of wrath, even as others. We went along with the flow. We went with whatever's trending to be accepted by the world. With the spirit of the age. No wonder we're commanded to love not the world and to remember Lot's wife. Don't ever find yourself looking longingly back at what God has delivered you from. I want to say that again. Don't, if you do find yourself looking back and longing for what God has delivered you from, turn your eyes upon Jesus. I love that song, don't you? The lyrics of it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things look full in His wonderful face and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Let's turn our eyes toward Jesus today. God is looking for someone who's standing in their standing so that they can stand in the gap and make up the hedge, so that we can have a space of grace and mercy concerning this nation, so that we can not be so involved in coping with all of the, all of the pressures and distractions that we're under right now, that we can't raise our eyes and see the fields, see the glorious harvest, you know, the Bible said we are to pray. We are the intercessors. We're the ones. We're the ones. Raise your eyes. Look upon the fields. They are white unto harvest. In other words, if we don't get it now, we won't be able to get it later. Now is the time. This is the hour. But we've got to be people of God, children of God that acknowledge our standing with Him that we might stand in the gap before Him. Hallelujah. We have a new bent toward righteousness. We're no longer slaves to sin. Listen, 1 John five eighteen and 19, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Now when it says sinneth not, we're talking about living habitually in sin. And we'll reaffirm that as we go on. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness, literally in the power and the influence of the evil one. I like what one paraphrase says. It says we don't we know that those who have become part of God's family do not make a practice of sinning. You know the scripture said he that committeth sin is of the devil. And that means to live habitually in without conviction, without repentance. 
If you can do that, you need to get saved. I want to say that again. I'm not mincing words. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, we could argue and debate how far grace goes. Well, it doesn't go uh, to letting you serve the devil instead of God. I'll guarantee double to you that's not the intent of grace. Grace is not a cloak or a cover-up for lasciviousness. It's not the purpose of grace, friend. Amen. You, you can't have two masters. You can't serve two masters. Christ said you're going to love one, hate the other, hate one, love the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can serve God with mammon, but not and mammon. Listen to me carefully. It says we know that those that have become of part of God's family do not make a practice of sinning for God's son holds them securely and the evil one cannot get his hands on them. We know that we are children of God and the world around us is under the power and control of the evil one. I want to make a statement once again loud and clear. We are not just sinners saved by grace. We were sinners. We have been saved by grace. But now we are what? The sons of God. Hallelujah. We are not just forgiven, but left in Satan's prison house of bondage, doomed to a life of deception and defeat. We've been delivered out of the powers of darkness, translated out of the powers of darkness into this marvelous light and into this kingdom of God. Amen. We were sinners. We've been saved by grace. And the grace is so great and so powerful that we have become children of God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, that's an affirmation song. I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows through my vein. And I who was wretched and lost now can say, Thank God. Thank God. I am a child of the King. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 11 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Now this is that living habitually in, I'm going to read. It doesn't mean that these sins can't be committed and repented of. It means we can't live in these kind of sins and expect to go to heaven. Don't be deceived. It's your soul on the line. Don't look for the easy road. Don't look for the broad way. Don't look for the multi-lane highway. That's a highway to hell, dear friend. Look for the straight gate. Look for the narrow path. Hallelujah. And such were... Listen. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And that was then, this is now. Listen to verse 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now we are the children 
of God because we've been washed in the blood. And not only washed in the blood, we've been washed with the washing of the water of His Word. The, The blood washing gives us positional cleansing. The Word washing gives us personal, practical cleansing. And we've been washed in both. Hallelujah. He cleansed it, the church, by the washing of water by the Word. Hallelujah. The privilege of calling God our Father is unparalleled. It is unparalleled. It is the crowning achievement of the cross. We are not just children of God by name, but by the new nature. And God promises us deliverance from the wickedness of the world and the weakness of the flesh. I want to say that as we close. God promises us as His children deliverance from the wickedness of the world and the weakness of our flesh. Listen to Second Peter 1 and 4. Whereby, and this is where we get into the top shelf stuff, I call it. The promises that are not just about the material and the physical, but the spiritual and the eternal. Amen. Whereby are given unto us exceeding, I told you it's top shelf, didn't I? Amen. Exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Who's your daddy now? When you partake of the divine nature, you begin to show the fruit of the Spirit, which is the characteristics of your Father. Hallelujah. Your heavenly Father spiritually. That we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Friend, the only escape from the moral decay, the the rottenness and corruption of this fallen world, is the promise of God's transforming power within. His seed remaineth in us. Who's your daddy now? Praise God, I'm glad to declare, I was of my father the devil. He used to be my daddy, but that's all changed. Hallelujah. I've got a new father. I've got a new king. I bow to no other. (laughs) Glory be to God. Amen. We are the children of God. We are the children of God. We have been powerfully saved and powerfully equipped to overcome. Praise God. So today, here's the challenge. It's God's call to His children to acknowledge who our Father is. Amen. And become, as Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Be ye followers of God as dear children. Followers of God as dear children and walk in love even as Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today, dear friend, God loves you so much. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I know God is speaking to your heart right now. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior. The moment you do a spiritual transaction is going to transpire. You're going to be busted out of prison. There's going to be a jailbreak. (laughs) Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is going to bust you out and break every chain. 
There's not a demon in hell, nor the devil himself. No fallen angel. No myriad of minions <laughs> would be able to keep you from being set free. For as it is written, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's real. It's powerful. It's personal. It's God's deliverance because of what Jesus did at the cross. I urge you today, do not run from Him. Run to Him. Repent of your sins. Receive Jesus as your Savior. And the devil will lose his possession of you. He will lose his control and influence over you. He will appeal to you. But he will not win anymore. And today if you're a Christian. When judgment was about to come. In the Old Testament. God started searching. He said, I look for a man among them who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. But I didn't find one. So I brought judgment. It meant if someone would have come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace, there could have been a space of repentance given. But he couldn't find one. Well, I'm one. Become one with me. Let's all join together and believe God for a space of repentance for America and the world that we might get in the harvest just before Jesus comes.